Hello and welcome to the third episode in Turf and Rec's continuing EcoTurf podcast series about regenerative soil science. My name is Mike Jiggins, editor of Turf and Rec. Our guest for this series is Randy Booker, superintendent at Otter Creek Golf Club in Otterville, Ontario, and principal at Turf Evolution. In this episode, Randy will talk about how his foray into regenerative soil science has led to numerous speaking engagements before audiences in other parts of Canada and abroad, and how his turf management approach has led to his discontinuation of such practices as soil tillage, core aeration, and verticutting, which he says are counterproductive to regenerative methodology. Here, then, is episode three. Well, word has obviously gotten out there about uh, what it is you're doing. I know you've been approached... Uh by different organizations to do some speaking engagements and uh, kind of explain this in a little more detail to different groups, including ag groups even. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I, uh, well, I'll give you a little bit of my background in, in uh, a little bit further in the educational sense that I had. So 2019, when I was into this program a little bit, I, I had the opportunity to go to Australia. Uh, and I have a, a couple of grandchildren over in Australia. So it was vacation mode, but I also went over and took a week-long course on soils, uh, soil nutrition, farming, uh, food nutrition, human nutrition. Um, So it really dove into soils, the soil biology, how that worked to provide minerals and the nutrition for food, how that worked in the human body to make humans healthy and to avoid disease and avoid other situations. And it really started to spark why things were happening as they were. It started to give a little bit of an understanding of why things that I was doing were giving me some of the uh, results that I had. But it really wasn't until I was contacted by Nicole Masters of Integrity Soils. She was uh, a lovely lady from New Zealand who is now in Montana in the States. And she had put together a a course and was inviting people to apply to take part in this course. And it's basically, it's a teach, it's a, it's a teaching course um, of regenerative methods and of uh, ecology. So it basically became an agroecology program. And there were 75 people that applied through North America. And I was one of four Canadians that were chosen out of a group of 20. And the thing that pulled me into it, or Nicole asked me to be part of it, was I was the only turf head there. Everybody else was either raising, you know, bison cattle, market gardening, um, vegetables, all sorts of other agricultural senses. And I was the lone turf head there. And I actually... The first couple of days when we met for a week in person, um, several times I said, I'm really having a difficult time trying to figure out how I can bring this into turf. And finally, the second day, Nicole basically slapped me upside the head and said, Randy, you know what? This is a plant growing in soil. It doesn't matter. It's a tomato. It's hay. It's alfalfa. It doesn't matter whether it's a tomato, potato, whether we have cattle grazing on it. It's a plant growing in soil and the principles are all the same. So anyway, we went through this process and that was kind of the second aha moment to me that really sparked it and pushed it. So this was a 17 week 
intensive program, deep dive down into soil biology and plant ecology and plant succession and epigenetics and all of those sorts of cool things. So anyway, we go through the process and then I was uh, contacted by Manitoba Grass and Forage Association and asked if I'd like to give a little regenerative talk on golf at their conference. And that was out in Manitoba. So that was last November. I took them up on that, went out there uh, with a thought in my head on the airplane as being like, what am I doing? Right? I'm going out to talk to, what am I going to talk to farmers about? What am I going to you know, tell them that they don't already know? Well, when we sat in the room and we started to see and hear other ideas, uh, it said, you know what? We're all of the same mindset here. It's a really cool experience to, in, in the end run, just stand up in front of 250, 300 uh, farmers and give them the run on the regenerative mindset going into turf. And I actually had to thank them because that's where I have pulled all my information is from the Regen Egg. So that was a great experience. Uh, since then, yeah, I've spoken, I've done webinars. Um, I've done a couple webinars with GCSAA. I've done a couple Earthworks podcasts. I've done... Uh, this just this last couple months, I did one for the Ontario Turfgrass Symposium. I did one for uh, Landscape Ontario's IPM Symposium. Uh, again, I did one a few weeks ago for Golf Course Superintendents Association of America for their virtual conference. So yeah, I think the word is getting out. You know, when I first started this, I was the black sheep of the turf industry from, you know, at least from a lot of the local guys. But um, you know, now I have superintendents contact me from Europe, uh, from Australia, New Zealand, from all over the U.S. Uh, it's something that, uh, you know, it works and it works everywhere, uh, which is one of the comments I get all the time is, oh, yeah, it's great. It works at your place, but it won't work at mine. It won't work there. It won't work all over. Well, uh, I hate to, to, you know, bust that myth, but regenerative principles work no matter where you are in the world. And that has been proven time and time again through the agricultural sense that uh, works in the US, it works in Canada, it works in Africa. They are actually regenerating and they're starting to have deserts pull some green back into them. And they're starting to regenerate a lot of the, uh, a lot of the very, very poor situations in the world. So you know what, if it can work there, I tell you, it can work anywhere and it'll work on any lawn. It'll work on any sports field. It'll work anywhere. The main thing is, is what is the context? The principles are all the same, but when you bring in the context of what you're dealing with, then that's where the plan falls into place. And no two properties are the same. I understand that, but the principles of the regen turf world or regen ag world does not matter where you are, that they do work. Do you see uh, regenerative soil science as perhaps becoming the, the norm one day within your lifetime, perhaps? Or or is it seen by many as uh, simply an alternative form of management? Well, I think right now it's just seen as maybe an alternative form of management. And, and that's okay because we still have available all those um, traditional chemical uh, fertilizers and pesticides. Uh, I think we've all witnessed, especially in Ontario here with the, uh, you know, the integrated pest management situation that came in in 2010. 
and the reduction in the use of pesticides or the purchase of pesticides and, and what we had to do in order to continue to maintain our ability with you know becoming an IPM agent and, and doing the processes involved in that procedure. But I I think the main thing for me to say, and this is where my this is where my mind went originally. And if you really get down to a serious situation and someone was to come back and say, there's a recreational world and then there's a human food world. And if the environment came down to a point where, you know what, pesticides had to be pulled on one or the other of those, I think we would all agree that pesticides would be left in the food situation because we have to feed Mm -hmm. the world, but the whole world doesn't have to play on perfect, pristine turf or perfect, pristine landscapes. So that's where my mind sits with it. So what I'm doing is I'm, I'm playing and I'm going to the point, you know what, if they pull pesticides on me tomorrow, I really wouldn't care because I think I'm to a situation where it's not really, I'm not dependent on those in my program. Uh, certainly they're a tool that I, I need, but I don't use them all that often. And I would, you know, big deal, pull them. I, I, that's, you know, controversy there, that's for sure. But no, I, I think that it is going to be something in our future that I think, you know, we may be forced into that hand. And unfortunately, a lot of people don't, there's two reasons why we make a change. And a lot of people don't make changes easily. You do it because of love or because of fear. So if, if there was a threat that we were going to have products pulled, of which we're losing products all the time, right? We already have products pulled out from our, uh, in Canada, from our marketplace. They're going to continue to pull more. And if, if we don't start to think about a different process, I think we are going to be left behind. You had talked earlier about the uh, principles of regenerative soil science being pretty much universal in various applications. Like- can you elaborate a little bit more about these principles? Yes. Um, I'll throw the principles out that the Regen Ag movement uses. And, and I, whether I coined the, the term Regen Turf or whether, you know, it really doesn't matter, but they can be brought into a turf situation as well. So number one is to uh, reduce the disturbance. So when I say disturbance, that can be anywhere, anything in an agricultural sense from tillage to using synthetic fertilizers to using pesticides. So when we use those products, there is a disturbance of some nature to the soil. You know, pesticides will disrupt the soil biology component. Tillage will rip apart the uh, the soil, and we all think that tillage is fantastic and it's great. We need that to, to seed, and we need that for all of those properties that we have been told, you know, light, fluffy, and incorporating oxygen. The problem is, is when you actually till soil, you reduce all of those things that we talked about. We lose oxygen in the soil over time. What we do when we till the soil, we actually open that surface up and we lose minerals, we lose carbon dioxide, we lose um, carbon period. Uh, bacteria are exposed, they will start to consume the, uh, the organic matter, blow the organic matter off. Uh, not only that, we will get into the tillage, we will 
rip apart all the fungal hyphae components that are in that soil. So when we do those disturbances, again, we take it back to a bacterial dominant soil and we don't want that. And I'll come back to that when we start to talk a little bit about plant succession and that'll make that a little bit of a clearer note there. But so it's, it's lowering, getting rid of your, your disturbance. So no-till, uh, and when I throw that into a turf point, I question why we core aerated. Um, obviously, we say we need to remove compaction. Well, there are studies out there that, you know, you, you pull a core out, you remove a little bit of organic matter, but you really do not remove a lot of compaction because you are putting a hole in there spacing to the next hole, you still have the exact same bulk density in all the other area around those holes. So have you really solved a compaction issue? And then specifically when everybody goes out, pulls a core and then fills them back up with sand, it takes away the argument of the hole collapsing and reducing some of that bulk density. So that just doesn't ride with me. And I know I don't verticut anymore because when I'm verticutting, and again, depends on the, the depth that you were verticutting, the deeper you go, the more your disturbance you're doing to some of those fungal hyphae you have. So you are harming the biology, biology that you are trying to grow. Uh, so it's one of those, you know, maybe uh, one step forward, two steps back. Uh, we don't, really recognize the amount of damage we do when we do some of those practices. And again, all we think about is the surface. All we think about is the grass plant. We're really not paying attention to the biology beneath our feet, which is the core of the grass plant above. So when we say that's one principle, the other principle we have absolutely no issue is uh, keep the plant or keep the soil covered. Well, turf, we have a 365 day cover. So we have a living plant, even though it goes dormant, we still have a living plant armoring the soil. So we're reducing the, uh, the chance of uh, erosion and, you know, those types of situations. Uh, you want to keep a living plant on the, on the soil or in the ground at all times because biology is dependent upon exudates from that plant to live. The exudates coming out of a plant are actually the food for the soil biology. And then you get that symbiotic relationship between the plant and the soil even happens underneath snow cover. And, you know, thatch degradation can happen in the wintertime under snow cover if you have proper fungi there that are functioning and eating your thatch as the carbon source. So when we think about some of those principles, number one of them was, was the tillage and disturbance. Number two is keeping it, the ground covered. We have to think about the context that goes in there as well, because we are all on different properties. And the only person that really understands that specific property is the person managing that property. So that's where I said earlier that these principles apply, but the practices that go with those principles change from property to property. Thanks, Randy. We'll be back in another two weeks with the fourth episode in our six-part podcast series. Watch for it on our website on June 21st at www.turfandrec.com. 